I love this series on You Asked, and uh, the questions you have asked have been very wonderful questions. And, and it struck me this, this week that the questions on suffering, the questions on, on uh, free will, all of those are really, truly questions that have to be answered in your heart. Because if you haven't come to a place in your spiritual journey where you believe that God is good all the time, then you can't pray because you're praying out of doubt. You're praying out of hope. You're not praying out of faith. If you can't come to a place where you believe that God is good all the time, it's difficult for you to grow close to his heart, to develop that passion for him, that zeal for him. And so the questions that have, you have asked uh, have been answered, and I would ask you to really delve into those. those. Those are very difficult questions that, as a believer, you have to come to terms with. The questions about the Old Testament, how that fits with the New Testament, all of those things are very, very important to understand. Well, today, we're going to answer several questions on prayer. And you've asked six or seven different questions. Um, and, and I'm not going to take each question at a time. I'm going to just kind of share with you my journey. And then I'm going to share with you some discoveries that I've discovered. And then at the very end, we're going to look at six or seven different passages. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit to come as I speak to increase faith to increase authority in our room, in this room today. At the very end, we're going to pray. We're going to pray, first of all, for those here who are discouraged. We're going to pray, and we believe that God's going to lift that and replace your discouragement with faith and joy. And then secondly, we're going to pray for those who are believing God for something. It could be a financial breakthrough. It could be a health breakthrough. It could be a, a breakthrough in your marriage, a breakthrough with one of your children. And we're going to believe God to come, and we're going to pray about those things, and we're going to believe, believe God to do that. But we're going to ask faith to increase even as I speak. So would you pray with me? Join hands with the person next to you. Come, Holy Spirit, and teach through your vessel and bring your, bring your word alive, bring your life alive, bring your truth alive, and let faith arise in the midst of your congregation today. In the name of Jesus, I ask this. Amen. Well, my journey started as a little, little child, and I don't even remember how young. Uh, I would pray each night before I went to bed with my mother. Okay? And it was one of those prayers, God is good, God is great, and so on and so forth. But God did something in that, stirred something in me. And then I started elementary school. And I had a school, I, went, I got on the bus, and I had a, a bus driver that before she would let any of us children off, she would have us all recite the Lord's Prayer. And you know what? God did something in that. And then I went to this country church. And we had this guy, his name was Seldon Reed. And he would pray and he had this deep, and man, I thought the heavens were shaking. You know? And God did something. He stirred something in me. It was like, it was like this guy had a pathway to heaven and all of heaven was coming down and I just wanted to be, be part of it. I, and then I got caught up into that Jesus movement in the late 60s, early 70s. And we'd all get together and, and we'd join hands. We'd, I remember having a candle up in the middle of a circle. And we talked about Jesus being the light of the world. And then we had a chain prayer. And we'd all go around the circle holding hands, praying. And we'd be rocking back and forth. And you know what? God did something. He stirred something in me. And that faith started growing and rising. And then I went off to Bible college. And, and uh, we went to Victory Mountain over a city. And I remember about 100 of us college students interceding all night for that city. And you know what? God did something 
in me. And then I had a couple of friends. One was starting a church in Philadelphia. The other a church in Atlanta. And so we took a whole group of us to Philadelphia. And we did prayer walks around Philadelphia and different parts of Philadelphia. And then we went to Atlanta and we did prayer walks around different parts of Atlanta. And you know what? God did something in me. He stirred in my heart. Something was happening and all these experiences. And then I discovered how to start praying the word of God. And oh, did my life change then. You know, I remember going through Larry Lee's could you not tarry for one hour? So getting up early in the morning and praying for one hour. And, and the great names of God from the, from the, the uh, Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6. Hallowed be thy name. I started praying, Jehovah Rapha, my healer. Jehovah Shalom, Lord God, my peace. And I started meditating on that peace. Jehovah Rahai, my, my shepherd. Jehovah, on and on and on. All those Hebrew names I used to know and I forget now. I can't remember all of them. But God stirred in my heart. And then we started discovering the names of Jesus and started praying out, Jesus, you are my light. Jesus, you're my alpha. Jesus, you're my omega. Jesus, you're my shepherd. Faith started rising. Cool things started happening in my heart. And God changed me and transformed me and, and touched my heart. And then, then I remember starting to praise the armor of God in Ephesians 6. This was a couple decades ago. And I put that helmet of salvation and I would pray, God, you are my salvation. You guard my mind. My mind is transformed and renewed by your presence. I thank you for that. And I would go through each part of that armor and I pray that through. And guess what? God stirred in my heart. He did something through that experience. And then, and then I got a hold of this Hebrew Jewish dance stuff. And I took a class with a bunch of guys on how to make your body a dance for a prayer. And all of us guys took this class and started dancing. It was ugly. <laughs> and I can't do it now because I'll break a bone. But, but I remember offering what it meant to offer my body as a living sacrifice. And going through that experience for a season of my life. And it was good. And God stirred in my heart. And he did something, even though we all laughed at each other. I remember going out of the door and saying, yeah, that was, whatever, okay. But, but God did something in that. And then I remember studying the mystics of the 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th centuries, studying Madame Guyon, learning about the cleansed heart, the confession of the soul, how to lay your life bare to the Father, and how to lay before him and just let his word wash over you. And you know what? Through that, God did something in me. He stirred. He he did, and, and then I remember going on mission trips in different countries, and my goodness, I saw deliverance, and I saw demons doing crazy things. You know, I remember being with an evangelist was very bold, and there's this guy distorting, and, and, and I went up to lay hands, and he said, whoa, 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 wait, wait, no, you don't want to lay hands on this one. You know, and I saw demons come out, come out of him. And I saw the bold prayer of an evangelist, and I learned about the prayer of deliverance. And God did something. God stirred something in me. And it blessed me. And then I remember just what it meant to just lay before God and let worship, let the psalmist. I had several musicians that I enjoyed, and they would just, I would put their, their tapes or their CDs in, and let that music wash over me. And as it came into my life, I would direct it back to the Father in prayer. And for hours and hours, I was just laying on the floor, and the Holy Spirit would just minister over me. And, and, and 
and, 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 and those songs just filled my cup, and I would direct them back to the Father. And you know what? The Holy Spirit did something to me. He changed me, and he transformed me. And then I remember just a few weeks going to RLI, and I discovered what it meant to pray for myself and to lay hands on myself and to love myself and to pray the Holy Spirit to minister to myself. And you know what? God did that. I mean, I remember laying hands on my neck that was sore, and I remember moving, and, and all of a sudden I felt peace, and I felt a release. I felt a healing power of God in my life. You know what? God did something. You know? And I share with you that whole story to say this. Just pray. Because <laughs> one of the questions was, how do you pray? Prayer is just an open conversation with the Father in so many different ways. But have an open heart discovery. Be on the journey of discovering God. Because God is so much bigger than my few little stories. And many of you have stories far beyond the stories I've experienced. Some of you are in the beginning stages of discovery. And I want you to know that prayer is truly, it's a journey. It's an open-hearted journey with Father God. So I want to share with you just a few discoveries that you may want to consider, and then we're going to get into the Word. Discovery number one in prayer that I discovered. It's important before you pray for you to still yourself and to be aware of God's presence in that moment. Now, because the Holy Spirit indwells me, God's always with me. Whether I'm at work, having dinner, playing with my grandchildren, whatever, God's always with me. But in that prayer time, it's kind of neat when you still yourself and you're aware of God's personal presence in that moment right now. So you just breathe in and breathe out and let faith begin arising in you. Okay? It's a time of stillness where faith begins just kind of just stirring in your heart. And then the second thing I discovered is that prayer is not about me getting God to do something for me. See, prayer is not about me giving God a to-do list. Prayer is not me putting God on the, on the seat and I'm going to judge your goodness, God, based on what you're going to do for me. See, prayer is about me figuring out what he's doing and praying it out. Let me give you a couple examples. Okay? If I'm praying for someone who is sick, I don't quickly go and just ask God to heal them. First of all, I ask him to, Father, what are you doing in this sickness? And I want to become a part of that. And, and I, have, I have yet have a single time where the Father has said, I want to, I, I want to do anything but heal them. I, I felt it strongly in my heart, I'm moving. I'm going to release healing in their body. And so now I come in contact with what the Holy Spirit is doing. Faith is arriving. Now when I pray for health and wholeness on this person, I'm praying out of faith. He had an experience with a, when I lived in Texas, a dear psychologist friend of mine, just a wonderful man of God. He was an elder in our church and just, 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 a, just a beautiful person. I mean, just he illuminated the life of Christ. I just, I just wanted to be in his presence. But he was in his mid to late 60s, and his body was filled with cancer. And we were all praying for healing, that kind of stuff. And I was praying for him one day, and his wife was coming in, and we were going to talk a little bit. And just like that, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I want to bring him home. I want to bring him home. 
So his wife came into my office, and I'm thinking, how do I share this with her? You know, but I knew that this was a Holy Spirit thing and that I had to. And so we sat down, and I shared with her, I said, I, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to take your husband home through this sickness, not heal it. She started weeping and crying. She goes, finally, somebody bears witness to what I bear witness to. And she was free. And now the whole body that was praying for, we got free. And it became a celebration. And he felt released at that point to go be with the Father. Why? Because several of us heard what the Father was doing. See, instead of me trying to get God to do what I want, God wants me to get into what he's doing and what he wants. Does that make sense? Let me give you another example. I'm in financial bondage, financial debt. God, give me a million dollars so I can get out of debt. And my experience is, uh, and I've seen this many, many times, he said, stop going to Starbucks. Don't spend more money than I give you. <laughs> revelation, <laughs> revelation. It's <laughs> just profound revelation is coming to me. You know, uh, stop doing this and start doing that. Start saying no to yourself and start saying yes to me in these areas of my life. And guess what? When I started navigating down those roads, the Holy Spirit answered my prayer, but he wanted me to become the prayer. Does that make sense to you? And so that's how the Holy Spirit does it in so many uh, incredible ways. So he's not a fix-it person. He's, he's not a, 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 you know, a to-do list. God, make this happen. You know, on Facebook, the big thing now is, I, I just want to shout out to my husband. He's awesome. He's wonderful, right? I mean, I, I guess I'm hearing that more often. Am I right, honey, about that? So prayer is not a shout out to God. See, prayer is communion. It's, it's fellowship. It's intimacy. It's conversation. It's us being before the Father as his children saying, God, what are you up to? What are you doing? So let me share with you three things about praying the word. Because this is the most powerful thing about prayer. That, and this has come up, how do I pray? And I'm going to share with you three concepts. When you pray, use the word of God. Pray through the word of God. John chapter 1, and I've done this, this is my life, and I'm going to just share this with you. Where, you know, John chapter 1, grace upon grace, I'm saying, Father, just let your grace pour over me. Grace upon grace, grace multiplied. I just want to live in your grace. I want to be a gracious person. I want to experience the fullness of your grace. And then verse 11, 10, where it just talks about how I've received him. I'm becoming a son. I say, Father, thank you for letting me be your child and letting your genes be in me and letting me be redeemed by you and your spirit filling me. And then I go to John chapter 2, and I, I see Jesus doing the wedding thing and the celebration. I say, and I start reflecting on Jesus. You're a celebrate of God. I want to see you in the wedding. I want you to see being the weddings of my life and the experience of joy and exuberance and the way you serve people in that celebration. And then he goes to on in chapter 2 where it talks about him clearing the temple out. It says, zeal for my father's house consumed him. I said, God, zeal for me consumes you because you dwell inside me. I am now the house of God. I'm the temple of God. So God, thank you that you have zeal over me. And then I go to John chapter 3. For all those who believe in him, God, I want to believe in you in every way. I want to adhere to you. I want to trust you. I want to believe in you. And on and on, I'm praying the word. Man, that's powerful. Don't just read the word. Eat the word. Make the word a part of you. Pray that word out of you. And guess what happens when you do that? Faith arises 
in you because you're meditating and that word's becoming part of you. So, so pray the word. Pray the truths and the precepts of the word of God. Okay? When you come across a truth or a precept, you meditate on that. You think about that. You reflect and you pray back to the Father. You pray out and say, God, make this truth. Make this precept well. So I'm reading Ephesians 5. It says, husbands, love your wives. And I'm saying, God, I want to love my Brenda the way you love her. I want to love her the way you called a husband to love her wife. Cleanse her with the water of the word. God, I, I want to learn what it means to cleanse and to have my household filled with your word, filled with your life. God, make that real in my life. See, what I'm doing is I'm praying the word. I'm praying the truth. I'm praying the precepts of the word. Do you see the power in that? See, I'm not making stuff up anymore. <laughs> I'm not giving God a to-do list. I'm saying, God, I want your word to come alive in me. And then pray the promises of the word. And this is something that is so cool. When you have a problem, do you know what a problem is? It's a signpost leading to a promise. So when you have a problem in your life, guys, if you get a hold of this, this will change your life. I, I promise you. When you have a promise in your life, you see that or when you have a problem in your life, you get into the word and you find out what the promise is connected to that problem. Does that make sense? And then you begin praying that promise out. Okay, you get, you get meditating on that promise and praying. And guess what? Now I'm no longer complaining to God. I'm faithing with God. See, so many people leave prayer discouraged. You know why they leave prayer discouraged and they don't want to pray? Because most of the time they're complaining to God. God, change this person. God, change that. God, do this. God, do that. And that's not how God works. But when you get into the Word and you find out His promises, and you say, God, I'm in a financial problem here, but you say you're going to supply all my needs according to Philippians 4, 19. You're going to supply all my needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. I believe you for that. So you begin praying that promise out. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit starts prompting you and directing you. And he'll give you creative ideas, things to do. By the way, I say stop going to Starbucks? Just a thought. But anyway, he, he'll do all of these neat things and start speaking to your heart how he can bring provision. I say that specifically because I have a family. I talked to this last week that's been going through the Dave Ramsey course. And they found $600 of money, dollars per month that they were wasting. And guess what God did? He gave them $600 worth of provision <laughs> because he na they navigated through the principles of the word, the principles that Dave Ramsey has been teaching in the Financial Peace Course, and they found that. You know, so, so, so instead of complaining to God, instead of being frustrated with God, instead of being discouraged with God, get in your word and start praying the promises of God in your situation. Let's talk about real life. All right? I have a child that's rebellious. Child will not listen to me. Well, get in the Word and find out what the, the Bible says about disciplining your children. And start meditating on that Word. Start speaking that Word. Get in the Word and find out what the, what the Bible says, how, how, blessing come, come, how blessings of God comes upon the life of children. How they can live a long life and prosper from Ephesians 6 by being an obedient child. Start praying that blessing out on your child. Okay? Get involved in what God's doing. Okay? Spare the rod, spoil the child. However you want to look at that, right? 
If you choose not to discipline your child, your child's going to go astray. You choose to put discipline, you put perimeters in their life and say, stay within these perimeters, or we're going to have some, some discipline come into your life. God will begin bringing healing to that child's spirit, to that child's soul. But you've got to be involved in that and pray the promises of God out on your children. Does that make sense to you? All right. So when you begin praying the word of God, you begin praying, you discover the personhood of, of God through the word, and you begin praying the promises and the precepts of God, three things begin happening to your life, and then we're going to get into word together. First of all, faith begins arising in you. Faith begins growing. And guess what? Good things come from, come from those who have faith in God and his word and what he's going to do. And you want faith to arise in you. Okay, and, and, and what happens if faith doesn't? And let me share this with you. Because one of the questions came out, should I just pray one time and just trust God? No, no, no. Pray over and over and over because as you pray, faith begins growing in you. As you begin praying and using the word, faith grows. And I may be over here on level one faith with, the, with this great thing God wants to do. Brenda and I made a decision. I, I left corporate America to buy a company 10 years ago, nine years ago, whatever. It took us six months of praying before the faith came and we knew for sure that that's what Abba wanted for our life. Okay? It didn't happen right away, did it, honey? We kept praying and praying and praying, kept searching the word, speaking out, having discussion, and all of a sudden faith started arising. Faith started growing and we knew, we knew at the end of that period, we knew when we made that decision, we knew this is what God wanted for our life. And it was so cool. So faith. So I started with one here. Yeah, there's this opportunity. and Because I remember looking at Brenda and saying, honey, how do we want to go through our 50s? And we talked about, well, I don't want to live out of motel rooms and airports anymore. I like to come home to my wife every night and on and on on. And well, there's this, there's this opportunity. And I'm right here on level one. The more we prayed, more talking, I came to faith two. Faith three, didn't we, sweetie? Faith level four, I don't know, there might be 10 million, I, I, how many levels, I'm not going to keep walking, but you get the, you get the message. And so, and then, it, then the point came that faith was all of a sudden, it was just there. And we knew exactly what Abba was giving for us, what he was doing in our life. That makes sense? So that's the first thing, faith will arise. Second thing, spiritual authority will arise in your life. Authority is greater than power. See, there's no power in the blood of Jesus. There's authority in the blood of Jesus. The power is in the Holy Spirit. Okay? And that's profound. It's important to understand that. I know we have a lot of songs saying there's power in the blood and that kind of stuff. And I get it. And that's fine because what they mean by power is not dunamos. They mean authority. But in the spiritual realm, your authority has to grow. You know, your authority over, over your world. Your authority in what's happening in the spirit realm. God's giving you the authority. That's why he says, then as you called been in, in Romans chapter 5, verse 17, you've been called to rule and to reign in life. So your authority has to grow so that you can release the good things in your marriage and your life and your friends and your children in your world through that authority. And then the third thing that grows is power. When you start understanding the authority you have in Christ and that faith grows, the authority comes, and now the release of power to do incredible things. So let's look at a few scriptures. And let's let faith just arise in these passages. Prayer is a journey. Let's put up the first passage, guys, in Mark chapter 4. This is cool. Jesus says, a great windstorm arose, 
The waves were breaking into the boat, so the boat was already filling, but, the, but they were in the stern asleep in the cushion. And they woke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now they're with Jesus. And he awoke, he rebuked the wind, he said to the sea, peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there's a great calm, and he said to them, why are you so afraid? Are you ready for this? Have you still no faith? You know what he just said to them? You guys should have calmed the storm yourself. So he just said, why are you afraid? Why are you waking me up? Where is your faith? Please understand. There are things that we miss out on because we have chosen not to grow our faith. And so this is the example where he says, where's your faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? And later as you go through the Gospels as they spend more time with Christ, you see their faith arising. You see incredible things happening in the disciples' life. This was in the beginning. But I'm always intrigued with that phrase, where's your faith? Have you still no faith? I'm intrigued by that. And please, I know this, that his spiritual principle is that God wants to grow my faith and use my faith to establish his will in my life. But if I choose not to grow my faith, his will is not going to be established to the level he wants to establish it in me. Look at this next passage. And that's a, that's a spiritual principle in prayer. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they'll be heard for the many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows, knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, we talked a little bit earlier, the names of the Father, the names of Jesus, hallowed be your name. And then I love this. Your kingdom come. See, do you want God's kingdom in your marriage? God's truth, God's principles in your children's life, in your finances, in your work, in your career, in your future. Do you want all those things? Absolutely, we all do. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Answer yourself this question, what's being done in heaven right now? What's being done? As a matter of fact, let me ask you this question. If Jesus is praying, which we know he is praying, right? We know he sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for the saints. According to Romans chapter 8, the Holy Spirit is praying. Have you ever asked yourself this question? What's Jesus and the Holy Spirit praying right now? That's a pretty neat question. Isn't it? What are they praying right now? You know, because whatever they're praying, I like to pray. Because <laughs> I can't go wrong on that one. Okay? And so that's why, I, and what I believe they're praying is what's being done in heaven, that it would be released on earth. And then he says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. That's that, that daily bread, that provision. He wants us to pray that out and wants to bring great provision. And forgive us our debts as we forgive those. He wants that relational connection. He wants us to have healthy relationships. All healthy relationships mean forgiveness, releasing one another, for having conversation and dialogue and forgiving. And lead us not into temptation. Amen, God, to that. But deliver us from evil. Oh, yes, we've got to pray that. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others your trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. People stop growing emotionally at the last place they have unforgiveness. See, if I have unforgiveness towards people who have hurt me, I have stopped growing. But if I can release them unto God, okay, I can be whole and I can be healthy. Right now in this room, we have some people here that you're struggling with unforgiveness. 
And I want to encourage you, don't let the enemy tie that and bind that to you. Release, release that person who has hurt you. Forgive them fully, forgive them freely, and let it go. Look at this next passage. God, I just see us if faith arises as your word comes and washes over us. John 15, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. See, if you abide in me, there's a condition here. You're connected to the vine. You're connected to Jesus. You're listening to his heart. You're listening to his voice. You're abiding with him. He says, when that relationship, when that's happening, guess what? He gives you now the authority. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Guys, that's, that's the Messiah. He is saying that whatever you ask for is going to be done, but that asking is conditioned upon you abiding. In him, because if I'm abiding in him, guess what? I'm not asking for an unlimited supply of graders ice cream and never put on any weight. Okay? If I'm abiding in him, I'm praying his will. I'm praying his purposes in my life. Isn't that beautiful? Look at this next passage. If I tell you whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. You see that faith? You know, see, a lot of times before I pray for anything, I have to let the faith arise in me that this is what the Father wants for me and that this is what the Father wants for the person I'm praying for. And so I've got to wait and let that faith arise in me before I release it in prayer. You, you, does that make sense to you? So often we just say, shout out to God. God, help! And God said, no, no. Now, once you get in the Word, I want you to figure out what I'm doing in this situation. I want you to do the hard work. And when you figure out what I'm doing, now pray it out. Let it come out. And then when you do that, you believe, and it will be yours. And see, that's why it's so important to know the Word of God. It's so important to meditate on the Word. It's so important to get that Word just flooding through you. Because when that Word's alive in you, then you pray believing, and cool things happen. Look at this next passage. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. It's interesting to me that he first has rejoice and then pray and then give thanks. Yeah? So when you're going through a difficult circumstance, start rejoicing and start blessing the holy name of God that you're in this circumstances and realize that he's got something he's going to do in this and through this for you. So begin rejoicing. Because rejoicing and joy is not based upon your circumstances. It's based upon the Lord inside of you. And then pray without ceasing. You know what that just means? Pray without ceasing. It just means having awareness of the Holy Spirit in your life all the time. And just as you go through life, commune with him. Pray. Participate with what he's doing in your world. When you go to work, when, you, when you're driving down the road, be aware of the Holy Spirit and what he's doing. So pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. Really? Not in that circumstance. I need to give thanks in that circumstance? But what about that circumstance? Give thanks in all circumstances. This is, this is a spiritual principle. Great things will be released to your life if you give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And let's look at the next one. God, I just pray that faith will arise. Look at this in James chapter 5. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. 
and the prayer of not the prayer of doubt, but the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Let's look at this next passage in James 5. The prayer of a righteous person has great power, or, or continue this passage. The prayer of a righteous person, what does that mean? Righteous just means I'm in right standing with God, and I'm in that abiding relationship with him, allowing him to speak to me and, 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 and flow through me. The person of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Isn't that cool? Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And, for the, and why did he pray fervently? I think he prayed fervently because faith had to grow. And he had to hear the word of the Lord. And, and the word of the Lord came forth, I want to stop raining. And he said, Elijah, I want you to be a part of me stopping raining. I want you to pray this until it stops raining. And so Elijah did that. Prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and earth bore its fruit. That is so cool. Look at this next passage. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Got anybody here? Man, I want wisdom. I want wisdom in abundance and in fullness, asking God for it all the time. Let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. And it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with, not, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. See how the importance for faith to arise, for faith to grow. Look at this passage. Next passage, please. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. You get that? We, we, we know what the Holy Spirit is saying. We hear his voice. We get it. We know what's happening. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out, uh, out all of his own, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Let's turn to the last one, I believe, in Proverbs chapter 3, and then we're going to pray. Look at this passage here in Proverbs chapter 3. And, and, and I'm going to try to keep this short because I could, I could speak for a couple hours on this, but trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, I want you to understand the difference between your heart and your mind. Your mind's going to go with logic. Your heart goes with faith. Okay? For instance... This is the difference between the heart and the mind. If I'm weak, the mind says you're weak. The heart says, let the weak say they are strong. That's what the heart says. Okay? The, the mind says my physical body is dying. What the heart says is, yay, you're getting close to going home to be with the Father. See the difference? See, see he says trust in the Lord with all your heart, not with your mind. Your mind has to line up with the spiritual heart. See, your mind has to be renewed to the truth of the word. For instance, do I die? Am I going to die one day? Absolutely not. I will never die. My body will fall asleep. See, that's subtle, but that's a big difference in how you live your life. See, Dennis will never, ever die. My body will fall asleep, and y'all gave him such a good guy. You know, that kind of thing. But I'm going to be up there with the Lord, experiencing all the beauty and the, the majesty of heaven. Okay? See, and if I believe that, I'm a different person. See, my heart says that. If 
So my mind has aligned with my heart. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean, Dennis, on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. See, we don't get our prayers answered because we're not acknowledging him in all our ways. We, we come in a crisis and we want him to get help, but we're not acknowledging him in all of our life, in all of our situations, in our, all of our circumstances. And when we begin not acknowledging him in all of our ways, incredible things will begin happening. What will happen if you acknowledge him? He will make straight your paths. Dennis, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. Yes, Lord. It will be healing. Look at the promise. If I fear the Lord, if I'm not wise in my own eyes, fear the Lord and turn away from evil, this is what's going to happen to my life. It will be healing to my flesh and refreshment to my bones. Isn't that cool? So guys, this prayer, of, this, this journey of prayer, let faith arise. Let's begin believing God based upon his precepts and his promises and his word. Let's begin to let faith arise in our life and believe God to do incredible things. And so what I want to do is I want to have a few moments of prayer right now. I'm a, I'm a, I've asked all, all this whole week for faith to arise. I want us to first pray for anyone here today who's dis, you're just discouraged. Discouraged means that I don't have courage to deal with a certain situation in my life. Courage has left my life. And I, I feel typically those who are discouraged have fear about something. And we know fears come from the evil one. And you just feel discouraged. And I get that. There are often, there are many times I feel discouraged and I feel burdened and I'm, I'm weighted down. So I want to encourage you right now, if you have, and we're not going to ask you to come forward or anything like that, but if you have an area of discouragement that you're just discouraged, we want to pray for you right now. Would you just lift your hand right where you're at? Lift it, keep them up. Okay, now I want people around you, everybody open your eyes, I want you to gently go to the one or two or three people, and you don't even need it, but I want you to go and gently get around the people with their hands up. Hold your hands up. Elders, just start moving around elders and start. Okay, we got people over here. Just one or two people, get around those with your hands up. And we're going, we're going to pray. Just keep your hands up until somebody comes to you. All right, we're going, and Shelly, would you come forward, please? We're going to give you, just, just go ahead and give you about the three. And you don't have to pray out loud, but just pray for them right now. Holy Spirit, we ask that you just release the spirit of joy. Release that discouragement. Whatever you're discouraged about right now, lay it to, give it to the Father. Give it to the Father. 